Hey, welcome to the Queen's Comic Podcast, where we talk all the, all the nonsense of comics, life, love, and all the things we really care about. Uh, this week, we got Mike here with us, too. Hello, everybody. When we said sometimes Mike in the theme song, we weren't kidding. Mike is here. Hectic schedule, I pop it in app. <laughs> Let's start off. Um, there, um, recently, one of our uh, favorite comic shops just closed down, uh, Roger's Time Machine. He's become an online store now, but unfortunately, the physical location, which he's moved since 1976... Had to be uh, closed now, and it's kind of hard to say that because I wasn't around since 76. I was, but I was one. Yeah, and fair I enough. lived in a different country. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got all those Canadian comics that everybody's going nuts for to find now. No, I saw all those before I moved to shoot myself in the foot because I know I had the Canadian price variant of New oh. Mutants 98. I know oh. I did. Oh. <laughs> pain, pain. It's all the Alpha Flight comics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, yeah. In the, in the country it originated from. Mm-hmm. Um, but today was actually a busy day because we also had work. Uh, you hit up uh, Streetside Anthony. Uh, Ian headed out to the Bronx and picked up a bunch of books, and I can't wait for him to tell me about it. It wasn't a bunch of books. It was only a handful of books, but they're good ones, so I'll, I'll go through them right now. And there was a, a, a yes. gift, a nice gift thrown in as well that you can't see just yet. So the first one, you're going to laugh, but, you know, Secret Wars 2, number three. Oh, my God. It's the first physical appearance of the Beyonder, I think. I think. I, I didn't look it up, but I think. I, I got a huge question about that because I love the Beyonder. Uh-huh. Do you like the way that Jonathan Hickman changed the Beyonder now? No, it's so whack. <laughs> it is so terrible. I'm like, really? They're just a bunch of weird aliens that made something? Mm. And obviously, I mean, Secret Wars 2 kind of sucks. But I have nostalgia for Beyonder in the white disco suit. Yeah, so, yeah. most yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was a big part of my childhood. In my childhood, like I thought this was a good comic. I didn't know any better. When it first came out, I was reading it off the racks. So I was like, this is great. And I reread it a few years later, and I was like, this is not great, but... It's fun. It's fun. And it hits those hearts for the nostalgia, and that's that's the good part of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And the disco suit. And the disco suit. But hold on, before we jump, um, uh-huh. supposedly the Beyonder's going to be now a Kang variant in the new movies, and that's the big rumor for the film. I have heard that rumor as well. Yeah, yeah and it's Jonathan Majors, I, I say his name right, correctly? The yeah, actor the guy who's playing Kang, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's in the new Creed film I'm excited about. Right. But he's going to play, uh, like, because supposedly he's just doing a different variant of Beyonder. I'm excited by that. Just forget Hickman completely. <laughs> I like the idea of like a superpowered being existing without mm-hmm. too much explanation of super, of aliens with it. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't overdo it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, leave, it's leave really some, oversmart. Leave some mystery there. Yeah. It's yeah. way too smart for my own good. <laughs> What's the next one for you? Next one I got from Anthony. Tomb of Dracula number 61. Ooh. I don't think there's any key significance to this. I just like old Tomb of Dracula comics. That's and, yeah. and Mike too. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's in really nice shape. There's a there's a comic shop that's not even a comic shop. It's a thrift store that has a statue of it oh, wow. that Mike's been yeah. looking at for like months now because he was like, but you get scared because the fingers and all that stuff to break. It's uh-huh. like so well done. It, what is it? That old, what is it? A diamond? Was it the diamond statue or is it a marble? Was it a Boeing statue? It's like the big it looks whole like, body one, but it looks Japanese, yeah, like okay. those giant Kotobukiya or whatever style yeah. ones from way back when. So they're huge. It's like I, a mid two thousands late nineties statue. So it's one of those that nobody bought. I know nothing about collectible statues i've never really had the space to get into it so i admire them i think they're gorgeous someday when i have a mansion i'll fill it full of statues but that might be a little ways off yet yeah i've been saying that for years yeah I still <laughs> that's why the room we're in is a little bit cramped mm-hmm. <laughs> so then i guess the biggest book of the day was i did get omega men uh first appearance of lobo good so copy it's not bad there's there's a little crease that he pointed out to me here with, but i couldn't argue with the price so yeah, yeah. of course and, and then the and coolest that, thing that coolest gonna thing. blow up eventually now with uh of James course. yeah yeah but the coolest thing that i got and i had never seen this before it's a con- convention program from 1971 the 1971 metrocon 
August 14th and 15th, 1971. Put my glasses on here so I can read it. At the Statler Hilton, <laughs> wherever that was. So yeah, it's the convention program from it from 1971. So it's 52 years old. It's got a little bit of goop inside. But uh, I can overlook the goop because it's got an absolutely gorgeous Bernie Wrightson cover. That is fantastic. That I've never seen before. Is that Cain and Abel on the cover? No, it's oh not. My. It's just some like two ghouls and two guys being spooked by the ghouls. Oh, and it's got, I almost started cursing when I saw you pulled that out just now. Yeah, no, it's not I was a like, mystery thing or anything like that. But we're not bleeping anything. You know that. I know, but, but I don't <laughs> expect to curse that much. You flip through it. It's got like I don't know something illustrated by somebody named Hanley. I don't know if that's Jim Hanley. I don't know who that is. Like, there's not... Uh, there's a list of uh, people who showed up at the convention. So, uh, Len Wein was there. Was Denny O'Neill was there. Ooh. Joe Sinnott was there. Tony that Isabella. Uh, let's see what other names I recognize here. Ted White. I don't think it's the same Ted White I'm thinking of. But <laughs> it lists the events that happened. It was a two-day show. But it's got, like, some some Frazetta, an article on... Oh, Frazetta was the guest of honor. I don't know why they don't oh, wow. list that in the front, but... Rosetta was the guest of honor, so there's like a gallery of some of his toned and paperback art in here. Um, Ted White is not the Ted White from TV, but Ted White, who uh, apparently was a fantasy illustrator who I'm not familiar with. Um, a nice Jeff Jones piece in here Ooh. from some sort of older sci-fi zine. And then a nostalgic recapitulation of artistic endeavors by fandoms Fantuccio. I don't know who Fantuccio is, but there's a couple of pages of Fantuccio art in here. It's a nice Batman. It's yeah. a nice Batman. It's kind of a cool, cool Shazam as well, yeah. He's got um, the mad butterball face. Mm-hmm. One day we're going to do videos just to show some of the weird stuff we find. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and just some text pieces. Is it, who's the front um, Hawkman in the opening page? Is that a guy, Giacomo, is that name on here, or is that Fantino? That looks to me like it's not credited, but it looks like it says Dave Cockrum, doesn't it? Cockrum. Okay. All right. I was reading it upside yeah. down, the... the Something that I thought you found upside down. Yeah. Anyway, very <laughs> cool piece. It was a gift from Anthony, which I very, very much appreciate. Hopefully, you hear this episode. And uh, yeah, so that was worth the tolls to drive to the Bronx. Oh yeah. <laughs> he always has such a fun sales. Everybody loves it. He always gets very interesting and unique stuff, stuff that you don't normally find mm-hmm. hanging around random comic shops. Yeah. No. There, no there's he... a sense of community there too. Like I remember last summer when he was doing stuff outside, that we were talking about how, like, you know, you don't get into hour-long conversations with people at the local comic store when you're an adult, as much as you did maybe when you were a kid and you had more time to kill. Yeah. But when you're hanging out at Anthony's in the afternoon, on the, sometimes, on the weekend, sometimes you do, and you make friends that way. And, I mean, I met Nelson, who turned out to be my neighbor that way. I had dinner with him last night. I've met a couple other people like Jim and Erod through Anthony. I've made some friends through Anthony. And, and uh, one guy, his name was Terry, he shows up all the time and he said, oh, this place isn't like my local comic store. That place is like the, it's like a library. It's a snooze fest. It's not that. This place, it's like fucking Cheers. And he, <laughs> was, he was right. It's a hangout. Yeah. It's a hangout. And everybody knows your name. Well, what I love about those guys? After a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. So is in Cheers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I always refer to people that are really great as huggers and kissers. Yeah. Like, if you ever hear me say that about somebody, that means that there's somebody you can hang out with mm-hmm. and talk comics. And Anthony's definitely like that. Nelson's like that. I still can't get over when I first met Nelson. I didn't know he was a guy named Nelvis online. Yeah. And I screamed out, you're fucking Nelvis? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's me. And I was like, awesome. I had a uh, happy hour with him last night. Oh, where at? He, uh, just across the street in my neighborhood. You had uh, some good spots by you, my boss. Yeah, I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of it because it's Spanish and I would do I would pronounce it wrong. But it's uh, a Uruguayan bakery. has like a kind of a bar slash steakhouse attached to it. Nice. We went there for a couple of beers. They had a fantastic happy hour. So... Nelson was talking about what a great guy you are last night. Oh, so. I love that guy. Yeah, another hugger and a kisser. <laughs> um, he's a good guy because like you'll put a, like a local guy who's on for sale. He works weekends, so he has mm-hmm. a problem to get to some spots. But you know he supports because he tries to show up no matter what. Yeah. At least something. Like he came for the dog drive. 
And yes. that was so much yes, fun. Yes, did. Because yep. I was so happy to see him because it was like, it was so many like uh, random people from like Craigslist and mm-hmm. they were like, I just came in for the dog. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, and he came for the comics and, you know, support the dog. Uh, what'd you get next, uh, Mike, this I have, week? I haven't gotten anything in a while. Well, what do you plan on getting? I think the next big book I'm trying to get is The House of Secrets. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thing. That's, that's we're, been we're, on my radar for too long. And it's, I think it's going to be a trade. race between you and me to see who can get one first. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm, 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 I'm way behind you guys. I just got the action figure Swamp Thing. I need Swamp Thing's first appearance, and I need a John Constance. I like that the Swamp Thing figure that came out was, I think it was a San Diego exclusive. Oh. That came the biodegradable head. I have that one. That's yeah. the one I got. It has. It's the first one that the uh, the joints are just straight skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah and now they like do flesh. it. Yeah, and it's cool. It's a it's a biodegradable head of Swamp Thing. The figure is a great figure, but it's hard to display without messing up the box over yes. time because it's, it's cardboard. It's cardboard. But um, they now do that with new figures. Like they started with a character called Vulcan, who's Scott Summers' third brother. Oh, the mystery and, brother. Yeah, and now there's four of them because now in the comics there's four, and it drives me crazy. I did so, just do my pre-orders for this year's uh, omnibuses. So what, what I are they? Really, I picked up the uh, X Men 2099 omnibus because nice. How many issues are in that? Run like 43? Probably too many. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the next volume of Uncanny X Men is getting a reprint, volume five. Sweet. The omnibuses are epic. The omnibus. I like omnibuses, but I think they're gonna kill me. Like those, you know, you, yes. ever, you remember back in the in the forties, like these two brothers had too many newspapers up. Mm-hmm. I feel like omnibuses are gonna fall on me, and then they're gonna find me. And one of you guys yeah. is gonna look for me, and then crush yourself. It's gonna be this shelf first, I think. Oh yeah, this one, <laughs> the one that's like linguini. Yeah. Oh. Since we're talking about Swamp Thing, you gotta whip this one like out. Seems like the right time to segue into my big purchase of the week. It was kind of a Christmas gift to myself. I got the uh, Absolute Swamp Thing hardcover edition, which reprints all the Len Wein scripted stories and all the Bernie Wrightson stories, as well as the three that Wrightson didn't draw that Wein wrote, which uh, I believe was Nesta Redondo? I'll find out. I don't remember off the top of my head. But it comes in this beautiful hardcover slipcase, which has uh, a great cover. It does have a great front and back cover, painted Swamp Thing by Wrightson, which, if I remember correctly, originally appeared on Roots of the Swamp Thing, number one, when they reprinted it back in the 80s or early 90s. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And then you pull the book out of the hard case, and it's got. I'll allow you to touch it because it is. Uh, I want to touch it. No, 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 you should. No, no, I already touched chocolate. I don't want to. You need to. All right, let me do it back in. It's very nice. It's fuzzy. (laughs) Oh, God. It's fuzzy. Swamp Thing needs a fuzzy thing. (laughs) And you open it up, and it's. You know what? So, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the old Swamp Thing series, but anytime it's been reprinted up to this point, the color has been off. Mm. Compared to the original issues, the colors have been way off, way bolder, way brighter. When they did it, the Roots of the Swamp Thing stuff. It was on, like, Baxter paper. You remember when DC was really into Baxter paper? You might be a little too young, mm-hmm. the 10-year difference. But when I was a kid, like 12, 13, um, the Baxter was super glossy, and they cranked the colors way up on them. So Swamp Thing, rather than looking like a moss green, looked like a bright, almost forest green. So kind of a completely different Pantone. So Jose Villarubia, who is a professional comic book artist slash colorist, and a huge Wrightson fan, he's very active on the Bernie Wrightson Facebook group, he was the one in charge of recoloring this, and he nailed it. It looks oh, excellent. almost identical to the old newsprint books. So if you flip through it, you can see how muted that oh, palette that is. Oh, that is so perfect. Compared to, you know, oh, what man. the existing reprints look like. Yeah. Way, way better. Way better. I'll let this sell the Bronze Age collection. I have to go get that. Yeah, yeah, it might be worth it. Um, so in addition to printing, like I said, the first 10 issues that Wrightson did, and then the other three issues that uh, Nesta Redondo did do, um, and then there's some assists from like Kaluga and Jones in here as well. Um, and so in addition to reprinting those 13 issues, if you go to the back pages, which is where all the, the cooler stuff is, 
you get some nice bonus features. So there's an article about like Swamp Thing's first appearance in House of Secrets 92 that shows off some rough pieces that Wrightson did, like some preliminary sketches. Mm. You can see That's you know, the, the rough blue. color guide there with the blue, um, as well as some black and white versions of the interior pages before they were colored. Uh, there's an interview here with doo -doo -doo -doo, Alan Weiss, Michael Kaluta, and Louise Simonson, who were there when the cover was done because Louise Simonson modeled for Wrightson for the cover. Huh. And if you flip through, here you get to the photo. That is awesome. They, did. they reprinted the negatives from those pictures. So That's you can amazing. see the hair, right? The hair right there in that picture and that picture. And you compare it to the House of Secrets 92 cover, which I'm sure you guys have in your brain. And oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's on my hunt. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see that. And then you get, you know, uncolored artwork. Reprinted from the original for the for the first issue cover, See, some interior I pages. I, I did manage to get the copy of number one, thankfully. Yeah. So that's been holding me off. Right. So it's it's just a really nice package altogether. And as a Wrightsing geek and a Swamp Thing geek, there was no way I couldn't not have it. So that was you know a Christmas present to myself. I think the coloring is a huge thing because a huge. lot of, a lot of the reprints for anything the colors just aren't right. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. transferring from that newspaper to any kind of modern paper, the color is just Way off. always off. Yeah. Even with the EC reprints. There's another really cool piece in the back here. So they call it a glimpse of what might have been. So Wrightson did some preliminary artwork for a series called Swamp Thing Deja Vu that he and Ween were going to do in the early uh, the mid-80s that never came to fruition hmm. for whatever reason. And so they reproduced one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pages and a cover pages. Just rough. Just rough pencils. But... I mean, I don't think these have been published before anywhere. Not that I'm aware of. And then if you flip through more, you get Len Wein's scrapbook, where he just has a couple of pieces that, like, pieces of art that Wrightson did for him, um, a Swamp Thing piece that Sergio Aragones did for him, a piece by Wien himself, a kind of a, hmm. a very primitive-looking Swamp Thing, but still cool that Wien did it. And then another early Wrightson, like, kind of, like, inked piece. Absolutely nice. gorgeous. Yeah. And then another later, you can tell this is a later period, so 2002, because by this time his art style that has changed became, a fair bit. That, that's one of the ones that was an early DC Direct statue. Oh, cool. I didn't I'm know gonna that. I'm going to find that. Okay. Yeah. I'll find that. All right. I found it once at a convention, and it had the sticker was like $80. So mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I will grab that. And the Harvey guy's like, no, 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 it's $200. That's the original sticker. All right. <laughs> so I still don't have that one. And then the we'll back, find it. Just, just before the end, then you get some nice pictures of Ween and Wrightson hanging out together because they've both passed on since this was right. made, obviously. So, yeah, a nice way to finish it. And then credits for everybody who worked on it. It's a beautiful package. Worth the, every cent. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you because we all love Swamp Thing. This is going to become a Swamp Thing episode. That's fine with me. Because I have a lot of questions on, like, other fans. Do you want to start on the comics or do you want to start on the movies? Because we're also hard moving away, so we're starting with whatever you want to start with. All right. I'm not going to lie because I'm going to go off the deep end a little on this one. So we'll start with the comics. How did you like Alan Moore's interpretation of Swamp Thing? I loved it. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Did you love the fact that he made him more of a plant character that based his um, his ideas on a person who passed away? Which I thought was such a trippy thing. It's like I see them trying to do that with Kratoa now in, um, yeah. in X-Men, but they got it from there. Oh, and cool. Alan Moore is the originator. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you my take on Moore. When I read it as a kid, it went way over my head and I didn't like it. Right. I didn't that like makes, it. That's fair. Yeah, I like, I like the art. I'm like, okay, Steve Bissett and John Toddleben are doing a great job with the penciling and the inking. It looks fantastic. I didn't get it. And it wasn't until DC putting, it, putting out the absolute editions of the Moore run in those three hardcover volumes over like 2020 and 2021 that I read it from start to finish. I had read individual issues and appreciated Moore as an adult just because Moore's prose is so beautiful right. and his ideas are so out there and uh reading it from start to finish obviously which is the way you should read something mm -hmm. had a much 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 bigger impact on me like they really there's that episode where abby and swamp thing consummate their love 
Yes. And they do it by her eating a piece of fruit that grows off of his back. And she just trips balls, basically. <laughs> and that's how they have sex, basically. And, and reading that, I was like, I don't know where he got this idea from, but it's wild. And then, of course, the art gets extremely psychedelic during this yes. phase. And you almost, you don't feel what she's feeling. You can't, right? You can't feel that through a comic book. But you get a good idea. The imagery really puts you into that really mindset does. of like, oh, okay. Like, yes. And then there's, of course, the infamous issue where he's dissected, right? Yes. So, which was early in the run, too. Yeah. That's the thing that bothers me about the Swamp Thing run, is everybody will pick up the first trade from the Saga of the Swamp Things, but nobody will get two through six. There's no point in picking up the first one if you don't finish. That's one of no. the series yeah, where... Yeah, but that's a real fan, but people are like, I'm just going to check it out. Be like, you got to get it all. It's an arc. You yes. Need yes. To, you need to yes. finish it to get what you're supposed to get out of it. More very clearly had a plan in mind when he started with it, and to mm-hmm. see that plan finished is a wonderful thing. Yes. I don't think anybody's been able to touch it since. Not that there hasn't been good Swamp Thing no. stuff since, because Nancy Collins' run, I think, is really good. I haven't read that one. I'm it's thinking, it's pretty I good. That and one and the Brian K. Vaughn, I think, did. Which um, was decent. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And then Ram V's one that came out Ram in V's last fantastic. year. Ram V was fantastic. It's a huge different take. It's a whole different character. Massive departure. Massive but departure. He's such a brilliant writer. Yeah, and working in like elements of Indian culture and Indian religion yes. and stuff into, the, into what was... That, that had never been touched before. He takes the respect for the character and modernizes it without using Alec Holland as much. Mm-hmm. Did you Alec's like... in it, but barely. Right, he's yeah. not the focal point. He anymore. almost. I would. I, I can't say he doesn't matter, but he almost doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like the Scott Snyder run? So I'm missing a few issues of that. I haven't read it from start to finish the way I probably should have, but what I've read of it, I don't love. What's weird about that is you can't, you also kind of need to read Animal Man with it. Uh-huh. Because they kind of there's a huge crossover between the red oh, and the green. Oh, you know what? I'm confusing yes. it. So Scott Snyder's run was the New 52 stuff. Yes. Yeah, okay, never mind. I have read that. Yeah, I liked it. It was surprisingly but, fantastic. Yes, and I did like it. it really well with that Animal Man art that Jeff Lemire did with a lot of his bizarre artwork and weird, traumatic family stuff. Where Animal Man becomes a straight-up horror comic, basically. Yes, yeah. and it's brilliant. And they have the, the whole issues with the red. Yes. Yeah, okay. I read it, yeah. And then afterwards, they bring in the gray, which was weird. Yeah, but it still worked. But interesting. With it, no, they have, like, the Mushroom Kingdom, essentially. So, funnily enough, that's the comic that got me back into collecting. Really? Yes, because when, when Midtown opened their annex in Queens and COVID was going and I had nothing to do, I would walk over there on weekends when it was open and stand six feet apart from everybody, fully masked, and dig through dollar bins. And I loved Swamp Thing as a kid. And I found not a whole run, mm. but two-thirds of that run in the dollar bins at the Midtown Annex. And so I picked them up because, huh, wonder what's happened to Swamp Thing. Haven't thought about Swamp Thing in two decades. Yeah. So that is what got me back into I collecting. Think Charles Soule took, took over after Snyder. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't bad. It was still good. It just wasn't as good. Because I think Snyder did a really surprisingly good job, especially with that time period. He did. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the few New 52 books that was really strong. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. The Animal Man and mm-hmm. Demon Knights was pretty good for a while. I didn't read Demon Knights at all. Some of the Batman stuff was all right. Uh, oh, Demon Knights. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. thinking, I'm thinking about something. I'm thinking the Demon. No. no Demon, yeah. Well, Demon Knight had the Demon, Madame Xanadu's, mm-hmm. one of those weird throwback to medieval DC books. I like stuff like that because I lo- I'm a big Seven Soldiers of Victory, but I might mm-hmm. be jumping ahead of myself from where I want to go timeline-wise. You guys kind of jumped the gun on this. What's the perfect companion to every Swamp Thing book? Animal Man. And it's always that um, 
we're going to get a little bit kooky on here, so I apologize now. Because Grant Morrison is the greatest writer for uh, Animal oh, Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hands down. And he's considered, like, the good wizard. Right. And, and then Alan Moore is the bad right. wizard. <laughs> and and they, well, yeah, they're, yeah. they're both, both technically mages, aren't they? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Alan Moore with his sock puppet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One second, Homer Careful Simpson. what you say, you'll cast an evil spell on you. <laughs> I love Alan Moore, but I it makes too. me laugh that Grant Morrison is considered like his polar opposite of loving comic books, mm-hmm. and Alan Moore is the, like he hates comics. He's the he's the legend of like comics will break your heart. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Like I get it, but it makes me laugh that like both those books you could read at the same time and, and thoroughly enjoy mm-hmm. it, and even till today, Jeff Lemire and Scott Snyder are the writers for that stuff. Oh yeah, and two polar opposites when it comes to writing stuff. Yeah, one's too heavy metal, one's way too much folk punk. Yes, you're <laughs> saying Lemire is the folk puppet. Oh, oh, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. It's a good comparison, but I'm not going to lie. More often than not, I love Lemire's writing. Lemire's a good like, writer. He has very few misses in my opinion. I, I think I like Lemire's writing as a whole better than Snyder's as a whole. Yeah, I like yeah, Lemire's Snyder writing kills me a, little a bit. lot more than Snyder. I'm not a big Snyder fan. Snyder gets a little too heavy-handed with some of the ridiculous stuff, mm-hmm. especially his DC stuff where you get like metal and all that stuff. Where it's just right. like, all right, I get it. You can relax. It's going into that borderlining extreme 90s era kind of stuff. That's, that's what a lot of his stuff reminds me of, is, is yeah. like extreme 90s stuff. And I know there's He's the Pantera guy. Yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> well, people out there... Capullo. Yeah. Oh, forget about people it. People out there love those guys, and like they're super talented, don't get me wrong. But Scott Snyder's stuff, it never connected with me the way like Lemire's, I guess, more personal writing stuff. Yeah, like, maybe something like Essex County or Underwater. Essex well County, there. yeah. That um, one drives me crazy that that one is so popular, but it's such a single story in one book is Underwater Minor. Yes. I mean, un- Underwater Welder, I'm sorry. And that, that's a, that's another thing. I'm going to jump back a little bit to Swamp Thing. Yep. My favorite thing in the whole world is that Alan Moore never wrote another story about Swamp Thing again. Nope, he didn't. And that's what you should be doing. He doesn't you should write anything. Really. No. no, and you, no. I hate when writers do that. I hate that with such a passion. You spend a huge chunk of your life writing a story, and then you stop, and then you stop what you're doing and come back ten years later. Some of your fan base has already passed on. Mm-hmm. It's you've lost be a them. really good idea that continues no, or age the character or I something. get that but your story has been told yeah. move on and then write the next one but Swamp Thing is like a good collection that people can pick up and read mm-hmm. those six books Saga right. of Swamp Thing yep. and, and Animal Man also even when it becomes um, oh, I'm going to mess up this guy's name uh, Venditti uh, took over from uh, Animal Man and like uh, I collect the traits so I have one through five is Animal, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ram Morrison and then after that is like um, Robert Venditti and he was a vigilante guy, and he wrote it, and I love that Animal Man, too. But sometimes you just need that quintessential collection. It almost seems unfair sometimes to follow up certain runs. Yes. Like, just let the book go for a year or two. Like, unfortunately, Donnie kicked thing over Hulk right after Immortal Hulk. Poor guy. That's Poor not guy. really a run you could follow up. Just let the character ferment writing. for a year and enjoy. He didn't finish it. No, he no. just stopped. But I think that's more of a personal thing there, in his there life. Are, he, yeah. he made it. Post on Twitter the other day. Yeah, I saw it yeah, too. There's some personal stuff going on that, I, you know, let him battle his demons. And that's, take the care of him. that's the lock yeah. to him. That's the lock to him. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, okay. So I have a question, Swamp Thing question, because otherwise I'm going to go off on a Lemire tangent. Do you think Swamp Thing works better? Nerdiest question. Do you think Swamp Thing works better in or outside the mainstream DC universe? Because outside. Swamp, yeah. Outside. Swamp I'm sorry. Is always better when he's just dealing swamp with thing. swamp stuff. Yeah. And when they go. pull him into the DC universe, like not that they can't do good stuff with it, because they have, but I mean, well, Moore was pretty vocal about how pissed off he was when they made him tie into Crisis. Yes. During his yeah, run. Of course. And he did it well. 
I think he did it well, and we got some cool stuff out of it, but I would like to have seen where he was going to go if he yes. didn't have to pull in Superman, you know? Um, I will say that the Batman crossover and the, the Ween Whiteson run is really well done. I like that one a lot. But it's cool if it happens occasionally. Yeah, like DC Comics Presents has mm-hmm. a Superman uh, and Swamp Thing book. Right. And that's by Venditti. And it's really well. And a lot of people look for it just to have it in their collection. There's a more issue, too. There's a really what's more issue. Keep talking. I'll look it up. Uh, I almost think there should be a spot for both of them. Because well, then you get the crossover, like, with Animal Man. True. But you don't want to get a two. Like, I don't necessarily see Swamp Thing with Green Arrow. No, no, totally not. But here's where it gets to me a lot. When I picture Swamp Thing, I picture the whole globe. Yes. For some reason. And he's just part of that globe. And then when he went to Mars and all that stuff, and that's different. You know what I mean? Like, he feels like the world. But you don't need every gosh darn superhero in that story. You know what I mean? It's okay to do smaller scale yeah. stories where it's a little more personal. Even, right, because a lot of the DC comic stories will go global, mm-hmm. cosmic, where keep it in the swamp. Like, yes. it doesn't have to leave Louisiana. Like, well, did you like right. Future State with the swamps? Where it's the swamp people? It was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was just I mean, different. The two issues, fine. Yeah. That was enough. I thought it was well done, but I didn't need a lot more of it. I was glad that Ram V wound up taking things in a different direction. Yeah, yes. yeah totally. So we get back to that DC Comics Presents. So it's issue 85, and there's the cover. That's the one yes. I'm talking about. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought so, yeah. that was Venditti. Yeah, that's no, the one. No, so Moore wrote it, but it's also got, it's got art by uh, by Rick Veach, which is amazing. And, and it's that's inked, the guy's name I kept mentioning. It's inked by Al Williamson. Hmm. Isn't he is at one of our shows coming up? I think so. Yeah, Al Williamson, is he still around? Then no. I'm thinking Scott Williamson, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow, sorry, pal. Al Williamson goes way back. <laughs> yeah, oof. Yeah. Um, I was interested, um, did you read that Harleen book? No. I can never pronounce the guy's name. He's got a lot of consonants and J's. Which one's um, Harleen? Stephen Sedgwick. Um, but he did, a Har- <laughs> he did that Har- three-issue Harleen series where it was like a retelling of her origin. Absolutely fantastic book. And his plan after that was to do an Ivy book. Okay. With Swamp Thing kind of as her mentor. That's a perfect com- combination because it's Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. the environmentalist. Right. Yeah, that but could work. It was also going to be kind of in the DC Universe, but kind of on the cusp of the DC Universe where it wasn't really in continuity, but right. like the kind of father-daughter relationship almost, which would have been really nice to see the artwork was More interesting to me when, when they take things like outside of the mainstream, where like the writers get to be more creative. They don't have to worry about continuity as much. Right. Yeah. They just have more freedom. Which is why I love Tom King stuff for DC. He's good, but um, not Tom King. Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor. I don't. I'm having a brain fart on him. Uh, I'm sorry. Deceased. Dark Knights of Steel. Oh, okay. I heard, uh, Deceased. Everybody loves Deceased the was covers. Fun. Are fun. Deceased, Deceased was fun. Yeah, and those movie homage covers. I'm a sucker for those. Yeah, that's why well, I got into the series. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy. This is a silly cover. I have to read this, and then I'm like, oh, I'm buying every mm-hmm. single issue now. I like the Green Lantern that's coming out of there that I see the toys of. Yes. And she looks phenomenal. The, the blonde-haired one at the oh, end uh, or something like that? It's Black Canary. Like, that's Black Canary? Yes. What a cool combo. Because yes. I haven't read them. I just like the covers. Like mm-hmm. One is um, Full Metal Jacket. That's one of my favorite there's movies. There's a Full Metal Jacket one. There's a really great Nightmare on Elm Street homage. And yes. then there's um, an It homage yes. as well. That's sweet. There's probably other ones that I forget. Purple Rain just came out. Um, they, did oh, a somewhere, one. they did an Iron Maiden Somewhere in Time one. That's oh, sweet. That's cool. uh, they did the latest run had... It was an homage over a couple of issues of X-Men number one from the 90s. <laughs> That's funny. With all the deceased covers. Yeah, it, it's a really fun run. And there's a couple of issues where there are standout moments mm-hmm. that are permanently etched in my brain now. Don't tell me. I'm going to read it. It's Even uh, my fiance Veronica, there are moments in there where she was reading like, oh shit, like that's terrifying. Like, <laughs> it's cool. Really great moments. 
Um, only thing is weird is like I'm confused on the numbering when I look at the trades because I want to get a trade. Right. But I'm like, is this one through six? Or is this six through twelve? Well, What's like, going it's on? It's like Marvel Zombies. It's a series of mini series. Yes. Yeah. So it's not an ongoing. Like the first one is deceased, and then after that, you can kind of because the one is happening. It's what the villains are doing in the meantime, and then one oh, is okay. afterwards. So That's good writing. You get a mix of different things, and I like that he has these ideas before the book actually comes out. Mm-hmm. So it's just, just him floundering, like, oh, we need to make a new story. Go for it. He's like, I actually have ideas. That's dope. Which is nice. So we're going to jump back a little bit on Swamp Thing for one question. Yeah. Did you guys read Seven Soldiers of Victory? No. No? No. It's Grant Morrison's, no, like... I read a good chunk of it a long time ago. Mostly for Zatanna. Fair enough. Zatanna with Ryan Sook artwork yes. is great. Um, Grant Morrison wrote this stuff... I feel like his uh, Frankenstein Agents of Shade or whatever it's called. I have the first issue of that. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's I fun. feel like that should have been Swamp Thing in the storyline, and it just he couldn't get away with putting him in there and messing with his origins and all that stuff. That was another good fifty-two book. Which one? Frankenstein and the Agents. Yeah, of Yeah, everybody told me I haven't read the story, but I read uh, uh, Agents of Sh- uh, um, Seven Soldiers of Victory. I was picking them up like fanatics. Zatanna, Carrion, the uh, no, the Witch Boy, the Witch Boy, Bullet uh, Bullet Man, oh, and yeah. Carrion, the Witch Boy from. The yes. Kirby Demon run? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the seven soldiers. Yeah, yeah you got to read it. Yeah. Dude, I'm ready to grab it. It's like right next yeah, to yeah. me. I'm like, I, dude, comic, wow, we are fanatics. But um, the artworks on all of them are a different art, different artist, mm-hmm. but Graham Morrison writing. Okay. But you feel like Frankenstein was supposed to be Swamp Thing to some degree. Just he didn't do it mm-hmm. because Alan Moore wrote it. Okay. You know what I mean? That it's, wizard. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like DC's like dark version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, that's the Shade one, but I'm talking yeah. about Seven Soldiers. The Seven yeah. Soldiers is like a prophecy. But my favorite thing about that is before Donny Cates was doing this, Donny Cates is a lot of 90s stuff. Graham Morrison was doing 70s and 80s stuff when they were reaching back to the old Seven Soldiers of Victory with the Shining Knight. And Roy Thomas did it before Graham Morrison. So. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he would reach back and do their characters and bring them to light now and be like, that was their story arc. This is the 2000 story arc. I love all that stuff because it made me go and buy all these old... Just I'll, I'll pick those up. Books. I mean, they're not expensive books. So no, not, not, not I'll, at I'll all. I'll pick those up. I pass them in dollar bins all the time. Yeah. Only problem you might have is the phenomenal covers for Zatanna. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants them because okay. they're all like blended in and like her pulling a... Uh, the, the most famous one is her pulling a rabbit out of a hat and then the whole... Whole covers all rabbits. rabbits. And she's oh, like I've fighting. Seen that one. Yeah, I know that one. That's a phenomenal book. What's another... Um, she's a character that needs one really good story on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, like, even the ones that people collected, there's like a single issue in the '80s. Mm-hmm. I can't remember issue two of that damn book. Right. right. You know what I mean? And then uh, Seven Soldiers of Victory, and then uh, the this Paul Dini. Paul Dini became the writer, but the covers are the ones that really put it up with Adam Hughes because I wanted the cheesecake uh, stuff. So you're like awesome, but the writing after he left, I was like, this is terrible. Like, anything <laughs> they write with Zatanna is terrible. Yeah, it's a hard character for some reason that there's never... I guess part of it is they don't have a good supporting cast of characters mm-hmm. where it's kind of just her, so there's not really... Who's her villains? Well, she's part of Justice League Dark, right? Which is phenomenal. Now, yeah, I like now, Justice League Justice Dark. Justice League so Dark is absolutely great. phenomenal. Okay, I gotta go off on a movie question for a minute. I sure. know we're not really supposed to do, but too bad. We're doing so, Swamp Thing, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, everything. We'll talk about Swamp Thing movies in a second. But, all right, so there's theories going around that obviously Keanu Reeves is going back to do another Constantine film. Which yes. would be great. Yeah, I think, I think it's confirmed. I mean, yeah, yeah but, that but the rumor, is the that's best. not the rumor. The rumor is that this will open the door for the Justice League Dark to enter the DC that, Extended Universe or whatever they're calling it now. That'd be cool. I'm intrigued, yeah. depending on who they get to do. Because I know uh, Guimau del Toro had an idea for it, mm-hmm. which would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think I've read every... I think I've 
purchased every Justice League Dark issue so far. There, it's a great story. Yeah, it's fun. So, and you watch every Guillermo del Toro film. Ever. Oh, absolutely! What a what a genius! That man. We're going to make a great movie. I love that guy. Yeah. Anything he touches is magic because he cares. His yeah. intros to Captain the Curiosity are sometimes the highlights. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> because he loves his stuff. Uh, people collect the pop of him just to hope that they could see him to get it to sign. Mm-hmm. And you know he's just a happy-go-lucky guy. Oh, yeah. he seems like the nicest dude. He really does. The like more him. scary the film, the more, the more harm these people do, the more nicer they are for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. But even the last Justice League Dark run that had Wonder Woman, I was a little concerned because usually bringing a character like that, it's like, all right, this is kind of going to be just, let's throw this in there so people buy it. And mm-hmm. it was actually a really solid story with mythology and magical and back and forth. Who, it was who wrote that one? At some point, it was Ram V took yep. over. Yeah. Um, I forget who was doing it originally. It may have, I know Lemire did think the 52 run. Yeah, I think he did. Did, um, did Tinian touch it at one point? Tinian was the one who yep. did it. For the current one, I think that was amazing with okay. Woman. But yeah, it's consistently amazing book. Well, good. Those are all good writers. Yeah, and thank God books have guys who care about it, or women that care about it. Anybody who's writing it, if you you could see the energy they put into it. Yes. You know, and hopefully it does open the door because I love that Constantine film. Even though he wasn't British, I get it. But that Lucifer was phenomenal. Well, after hearing Keanu Reeves do a British accent in Dracula, we don't want him to do it. No, again. no, totally. <laughs> it's one of those movies where is it a good Constantine movie? No. Is it a decent movie? Not a bad movie. Right. It's I enjoyable. Agree. I agree. It's not necessarily so accurate. It doesn't but, feel like Hellblazer at all. No, but yeah, it's, but it's entertaining. No, yeah. but Hellblazer doesn't even feel like Hellblazer sometimes because when you read the books, you're like, this is so out of whack. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about it even with the 26 trade paperbacks behind uh, Mike. I love all of them, but some of them are terrible. Yeah. Some are terrible. And, and I take the good and I take the bad. That the original one. Jamie Delano run is really strong and the Garth yes. Ennis run is strong. And yes. then you've got that. Brian Azzarello. Six issue bit where Corbin drew it and I think Azzarello wrote it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'm a Corbin nerd, so that just yeah, checks absolutely. a lot of boxes for me. I did not know he was such an older guy when he passed yes. away. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you can see I have like a lot of Corbin books over mm-hmm. here. He was working up to the end, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah, he yeah. was still he loved. Out. He was 81. He was still doing heavy metal. Yeah. Yes. Heavy Metal was phenomenal with so many good artists. Well, did you see the relaunch of Heavy Metal's coming? Oh, no. Is it another crappy one like the comics? So I'm afraid he might break the uh, microphone by screaming after this. um, (laughs) Apparently, they're relaunching with Whatnot Publishing. Oh, no. Whatever comes out, just let it come out. Whatnot, I got so much cool crap recently, I can't complain lately because people keep selling cheap They're actually doing a Heavy Metal number one now with Whatnot Publishing it, which is weird. It is weird, but... We'll reach that another time. But the price point <laughs> heavy metal got a little, little ridiculous. It did. Yeah, they it was going to be like $12, $13 yeah, at one point. Like $12.99 or $13.99. Fangoria was the same way. Yeah. I got really mad with Fangoria. We're going to end it on the magazine thing in a moment. Like, because like, I don't want to get stuck on this stuff. But Fangoria, I was picking up every issue because Forbidden Planet was letting all the writers would sign it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I picked up the first five issues like that. But I was like, I'm buying a $20 magazine. Yeah. That I can read online for free. Yes. They gotta go back to bed. like and I'm not a big fan of those magazines like that because I like the bigger old Fangorias. Mm-hmm. Like the more floppier, crappier types quality. And same thing with heavy metal. I was like, this is getting too stocky. <laughs> like that's why I was like, this is too I much. I started to pick up heavy metal to be honest when Grant Morrison took over as editor in chief. That's awesome. So that piqued my interest. Like, oh, Grant Morrison. And then he wrote The Savage Sword of Jesus Christ. <laughs> where, like, yeah, he's going after Hitler. Like, it was absolutely insane. So I'm like, okay, I can get into this for a bit. It, it, they were supposed to be what Love, uh, Love, uh, Love, Death, and Robots are. Yes. And there always was that heavy metal. But then somehow it just totally went off the kilter. When they started printing their own comics, 
I was like, this is terrible. Like, and now they're comic book size. They went from magazine size comics to now right. regular they're, they're size. Out the individual, like they're the storylines that they're doing in heavy metal, they're producing as actual regular comics. Because mm-hmm. nobody buys magazines. Yeah, but they were called yeah. Elements. The Element comics? Yeah. You got any of those? I don't think so. They're terrible. Never Rise or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of them. I was like, I would always get confused. I was like, what am I missing? Because not every store would get it. So I got yes. number two of the purple. Okay. I got three gold. And I got four red. And I was like, is this not the same book? Because if I got them in the same thing, I thought I got them all. Part of their problem was also the release schedule that Heavy Metal didn't really have. Oh, my God. It's so terrible. Like, I think I was buying one of the Tarana books they were coming out with. And at some point, it just kind of randomly stopped for six months. And then the fourth issue came out. I'm like, I don't even remember what happened here. <laughs> what is wrong with them? But here, let's jump back to Swamp Thing so we could like, tie up the episode. Definitely, definitely. Did you love the film or not? The first one or the second one? All of them. I don't care. So, I love. I love the TV show. I think I bought the TV show on DVD when FYE was going to business for like ten dollars. <laughs> all right. So my thoughts on it, real quick. The first Swamp Thing movie, I think, is pretty solid. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. like it a lot. It's cool to see David Hess show up in it. I like. Got a soft spot for Wes Craven, Adrian Barbeau. There's some good casting choices Doesn't there. Love her. Right. It feels like a toned down version of the comic. Yeah. It, it it works pretty well. The second film isn't good. No. Like at all. It's a monster yeah. flick. With a bunch of random monsters that are like so terrible looking, it's great. Jim Wynarski directed. It's a USA Network film. Yes, it feels very much like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, maybe if I had seen it as a kid, yeah, you know, I'd have nostalgia for it. I didn't. I didn't see it until I was in my thirties. I got so you. it. Just didn't work for me. Then so uh, the TV series, eh? I didn't hate it, but I felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities there. Yeah, and that they dumbed things down a lot. But then the second TV series that they did for HBO a couple of years back, I really enjoyed. Yeah, but that's the Georgia, Georgia state of Georgia was paying for half the show. Uh-huh. So we were getting like $10 million from the state to make right. it. That's why the graphics were amazing. Yeah, I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it. Me too. I'm afraid it was, to. It was canceled before it yeah, aired. And it, I'm like, well, they rebudgeted the state. I'm right. just going to be mad the entire time that, I'm watching That's this. what happened. The Blu-ray was on sale on Amazon for like eight bucks. So oh, I yeah. grabbed it. Why not? It was something that like my wife was mildly curious in. She doesn't care about comic books, but she likes horror stuff. So I'm like, well, watch Swamp Thing. She wound up enjoying it, so we watched it together. But at the end, we were like, well, now what? And I'm like, it's canceled. Yeah, that's it. And she's like, I want to know what happens. I'm like, no, yeah. too bad. That yeah. depression that <laughs> comes you from don't stuff get not finishing. <laughs> but that's why I say it's amazing that Alan Moore got to write his saga Swamp mm-hmm. Thing, but he wrote the whole story. Yes. Mm-hmm. When That's the one thing that pisses me off more than anything in life. Finish the damn story. Well, and there's obviously plenty of comics out there that have never been finished, but the yeah. one cool thing that the medium allows people to do is not have to worry about budget. Yes. Well, comics? Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. Do, you can do anything. Pen and paper is amazing. Right. It, it doesn't cost an artist any more to draw a couple of people around than it does to draw, like, a space battle. It might take more time, and maybe the artist should be paid more for it, but comparatively speaking to, like, what it would cost to do the effects for those two different set pieces, yes. it's night yeah, and yeah. day. Yeah. That's what killed budget. it. Right. Well... Here's the thing about Swamp Thing that I loved more than anything. The action figures were terrible. The ones from the 90s for the show. Yes. But the greatest thing in the whole world was the PSA. When he tries to help a kid, he comes out of the swamp and he goes and he tells the kid to stay with his family and whatnot or run away. And he goes, oh, how you feeling? And he looks at me and he tells him, I'm swamped. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. It's an amazing <laughs> PSA. And it's such a great way to end this episode <laughs> on Swamp Thing. But if you get a chance to... Never uh, always check out the old stuff from the nineties first for when it comes to the movies. Um, eighties. I'm sorry. Eighties. Yeah, was eighty eight? Something like that. And then I want to say ninety one or ninety for number two, because it's like what's her name Heather Locklear. That's when she was getting yep. famous. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she is in it. Hey, be careful if you buy it on home video because there's two different versions of the first film. There's oh, one that was accidentally put out with the boob shot. 
Wait, Adrian Brodeau? There, there's a boob shot in it, yeah. So if what, you get the what? uncut version, you get the boob. If you don't get the uncut version, you're not going to see a boob. That's terrible because <laughs> everybody wanted to see her ever since Escape from New York. Um, and then try and read uh, the Swamp Thing books come, uh, that from uh, written by Alan Moore. And if you ever get a chance to pick up the Len Wein and Bernie Wrights. And, uh, That's where it all started. Absolutely. Those are the brilliant minds behind it, like a lot of the books. Um, and don't hopefully we all get it before everybody else hears this podcast and goes out and buy it. We all need a House of Mystery 92. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any grade, I'll take it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, Omar. Look at how the plastic cup acts like a boat in the water. Daryl, you jerk. You're going to get us in trouble for littering. Ah, big deal. A plastic cup never hurt anything, did Littering always hurts, Daryl. Watching! You kids know that plastic lasts hundreds of years when thrown into the environment. That stuff lasts that long? Sure does, Omar. We all have to protect the green and recycle our litter. You need us to help protect the land and water? Sure do. You really that busy? As a matter of fact, kids, I'm swamped.